Hard on matter, short, I'm Sean McCraney, your host. If I have a pet peeve in the faith, it's not a hill to die on. And there's always exceptions to what we talk about. So this is just a general rule. But if I have a pet peeve in the faith, an irritant to my soul, it's when well-meaning people uh, open their Bibles and read it and preach it to non-believers. It drives me nuts. And when pastors will take believers... And then, instead of opening their Bibles, preach Jesus to the believers every week, week in and week out, okay? This is, generally speaking, I know there's exceptions. Paul says something interesting in Titus 1 when speaking of the promise God made in the past, and he says at verse 3 of Titus 1, but God has in these times manifested his word through preaching, manifested his word through preaching, Paul says, which was committed to me, meaning the apostle, according to the commandment of God, our Savior. Now, I think that this verse provides us with a super important clarification that we as believers really shouldn't ignore, and that is that God in the right time made clear, manifested, showed what? His word, how, through what, Paul says? Through preaching. Now, uh, God manifested his word 1,500 years earlier through Job, the sacred writings of Job, or, or perhaps Moses, whoever came first. So what is Paul talking about when he says God manifested his word through preaching? I think he's saying that at the right time, the living God manifested, showed, proved, made apparent his word, his word made flesh, Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, and he makes Jesus of Nazareth in that time known by and through what's called kerugma in the Greek, which is preaching, uh, proclamation, speaking, saying things. Why is this important? Because Jesus, God established that Jesus would be proclaimed and known and understood by preaching kerugma, which is the spoken word, the testimony of witnesses who will share him with their mouths. John the Baptist preached Jesus. John the Baptist didn't walk around with a book and read it to people who didn't know Jesus. He preached. And angels at his birth proclaimed. They said. And his apostles proclaimed him too with their mouths. And this is how God established that his word made flesh would be known by and through spoken words. Isn't that fascinating? That God's word made flesh, Jesus, would be known when we speak words. Not read words, when we speak words. This is why we share Jesus with our mouths and we proclaim who he is to people who are seeking and wanting to hear. uh, And hopefully those words are uttered by the Spirit. For some reason, those words have the capacity to enter into the heart of people and they don't return void and they begin to germinate in people's minds and souls who are seeking God by the Spirit, right? And to me, there is a connection between uh, Genesis when God says, it says, in the beginning, God uh, said, uh, let there be light and he spoke and then it was. And the fact that now we speak and Jesus becomes in the hearts and minds of people 
who have ears to hear. What's so important about this takeaway is that where Jesus is introduced and revealed by spoken words from people who are witnesses of him, the preaching, he is more understood and revealed to those who know him by reading. So we have preaching to people who don't know him, and we have the study and reading for those who do. I make this distinction because the written word is not typically the best means by which to introduce Jesus to non-believers. The introduction, uh, the introduction uh, or the introductory reveal of Jesus to people is by and through what Titus said, what, it, what we say in Titus, and that is through the preaching, the proclamation, the speaking from our mouths. Uh, then once a person has come to see Jesus for who he is, is born from above, is, is spirit-filled, is now walking with him, the written words become invaluable for them to hear as teaching and instruction and correction and maturing the believer through the washing of the word. This fact emphasizes the import of churches and pastors teaching from the Bible uh, to their congregates of believers and not preaching of Jesus week in and week out. The preaching, again, is to bring Jesus to the lost. The teaching is to instruct the found. Mix these up and preach Jesus to believers or read the Bible to non-believers. And that, in my estimation, does not work in harmony with what the scripture says. I remember being in New York City, crowded street, walking down the street and there being a man up on a box or a, 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 a low fence and he was reading the Bible out loud. And I'm watching as just thousands of people are passing by and they are not paying one bit of different uh, of interest to him. Uh, probably because they didn't have eyes to see or ears to hear. They didn't know what he was even saying. You read the Bible to somebody who doesn't know it, they don't get it. But if that man stood up and just said, Jesus is Lord and Savior, he died for you. That's the preaching of Jesus. He rose from the grave for you. That simple message could have gone into ears and it could have turned back a great fruit in the end. And so street preaching ought to be of Jesus, not the reading of the Bible. That's not understood, right? Uh, on the other end, I can't help but think that there are a thousand churches today where people get up and they fill the pews and they sit there and the pastor preaches the same message. He talks about Jesus. He talks about repentance. He talks about faith. He talks about being saved and everybody rejoices because they remember when they were saved and they walk out and that's it. They don't need to revisit that over and over again. They need to move on in knowledge and power. The writer of Hebrews says something fascinating. Most Christians don't really talk about much. Listen to this. He says in Hebrews 5.13, for everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of unrighteousness, of righteousness, for he is a babe. He's condemning them for being babes in the word, believers. But strong meat belongs to them that are full age, even those who by reason have used their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So he commends them for, for learning the word and getting deeper and growing. But he goes on at chapter six, chapter five ends there and chapter six opens up of Hebrews and listen to what he says. Therefore, listen to this, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, leaving 
the principles of the doctrines of Christ. That means we've built it. There's our foundation. Leave them alone. He says, let us go on to perfection. That means fulfillment. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Not laying again the foundation of faith toward God, he says. Leave it alone. Of doctrine of baptisms and laying on of hands and resurrection from the dead and of eternal judgment. He says, leave all that. And he says, and we go on to perfection. And this we can do if God will permit. Isn't that amazing? You see, show me a congregation that is preached to week in and week out. And I will show you a congregation of sheep ready for the slaughter. Because they aren't equipped to manage their life in this world. Show me a pastor who teaches his congregation the word of God. And I will show you believers in word and deed who are equipped and established in the faith, and able to move forward, at least with the tools to understand it. Preach the word made flesh to the unbeliever. Teach the word made ink to the believer. Always by the Spirit.